we have a hard time sitting in silence uh, because we feel alone. And no one likes to feel alone. So we'll do whatever we can. We'll take out our phone. We'll check Facebook. We'll start texting. We'll do whatever we have to so silence doesn't remind us that we're alone. And what I'd share with you this morning is, if you know God, you're not alone. If you're in relationship with God, you are never, ever alone. And so you have nothing to fear in silence of ever being alone because I'm convinced that in the silence, we will actually begin to hear everything that God has to say for us. This is Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, just in three verses, we know that God was always God. There was no beginning to God. He was always there. He's eternal. We know that God is creator of all things. We know that God is at work, Spirit of God hovering where there is no life, and then What we learn about God in the third verse of Scripture is God speaks. And God, since Genesis chapter 1, has not stopped speaking. And if you know God, you never have to fear sitting in silence because you will never be alone. So you don't have to pick up your phone. You don't have to check Facebook for the hundredth time in less than two hours. Well, many people, they feel alone and they can't handle the silence. I'd say another reason that uh, we fear or we just have such a hard time sitting silently is we're afraid. I know for me, this was probably the biggest thing. I was afraid to sit with God because I was terrified of what he might tell me. I was so in fear of what God might say to me about me. And since I already walked around condemning myself and just felt like the biggest failure in the world and letting God down, letting people down, The thought of sitting silently and then only having God affirm, yep, you're a disappointment. It didn't necessarily entice me of, I can't wait to go sit silently uh, and hear that. And so because I was afraid of what God might have to say, until I started discovering, wow, God actually has some pretty amazing things to say about who I am and how he's created me and fashioned me and formed me and... Uh, that I have great value and worth in his sight, that I don't stand condemned. I stand as his child, his son, one whom he absolutely loves. What I learned is I don't need to be afraid of the silence because God's voice, it brings life to me. It absolutely brings life to me. Uh, This is uh, a great uh, verse in John chapter 6. Jesus is teaching some really hard things, and the crowd start to go away, and Jesus looks at his disciples and says, well, <laughs> what about you? You guys going to take off too? And Peter, just in this moment of honesty, is like, well, where are we going to go? I've got nowhere else to go. You have words that bring life. Your words bring life and life eternal. I am convinced that if we sit in silence, we don't need to be afraid of what God is going to say to us, because what God is going to say to us is going to bring us life. I would venture to say this is the most important thing we need to be doing, sitting with God, listening to God for what God would have to say to us. And if you think that's an overstatement, then explain to me Jesus and Mark when he says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to a isolated place to pray. And throughout the Gospels, it says he did this regularly. 
So if it was important enough for Jesus to sit silently listening to God and what God would have to say to him, how much more do we not to be, we don't need to be afraid of what God is going to have to say. We can trust that what God has to say is actually going to bring us life. So we feel alone, so we don't want to sit silently. We're afraid, so we don't want to sit silently. And a third one is we are just ridiculously insecure people. We are insecure because much of our significance, value, worth, and identity comes from doing, not being. Much of how you view yourself and understand yourself stems from what you do. And the thought of doing nothing but sitting and listening scares the heck out of you because where's the value? Where's my significance? Where's the worth? What's the point of that? And so we just get ourselves so busy doing and doing and doing, hoping that we'll actually begin to feel a little bit better about who we are. And what I've learned is my significance is not at all wrapped up in what I do. My significance and value and worth is absolutely wrapped up in who God has claimed me to be. But sitting in silence, if you're fearful of being alone, if you're afraid of what God is going to say to you, and if you're insecure, meaning your identity comes from doing, not being, you're going to have a very hard time sitting in silence. And my big idea for today, the thing that I really want you to catch is simply this, is God speaks. God speaks, and he wants you to hear from him. So I can safely say, if you don't remember anything else, I really just want you to catch that. I just want you to know God speaks, and he wants you to hear from him. And I don't want that to be lost on, lost on any of us. I just told you that the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things, he wants you to hear from him. When you hear that, that should just humble all of us to the core of why on earth would God want to talk to me? And I'm convinced, this is the message of Old Testament and New Testament, that God speaks, and not just generally to the world, God speaks, he wants you to hear his voice. And so why I'm convinced enough to put postcards on your chair, note cards, is God wants to speak and say something to you today. Now, this morning, I want to just walk through some things of how I've learned. If, if it's true that God speaks and he wants to speak to you, well, then how do you be one who actually hears from God? How can you be a man or a woman uh, who would hear from God? If it's true, how can I begin to hear his voice? I'm going to share with you a few different things of how you and I can hear God's voice on a regular basis. Um, before I answer the how question, here's two really challenging questions. And the first one is this, do you really want to hear God's voice? It's one thing for me to tell you that God speaks and he wants to speak to you, but are you one who actually wants to hear God speaking to you? Because if your answer is, I'm not sure, you're going to have a really hard time listening to him. So before I even share with you how, I have to ask the question, do you really want to hear what God has to say to you? The second question would just be, if you say yes, then here's your follow-up question. What are you going to do with what you hear? What will you do with what God is saying or speaking to you? 
And I think many of us would say, well, kind of depends. <laughs> depends on if I like it. Depends on if it's convenient to the trajectory of my life right now. So do you want to hear God speaking to you? And if yes, then what do you plan on doing with what God is going to say to you? Now, that second question, if you're not convinced of your answer is, well, I'm going to do whatever God tells me to do. Um, if you're not doing that, then it's going to get harder and harder and harder to hear God's voice because God's voice is precious. And he's not just going to speak it again and again and again to people who are just refusing to listen to what he's saying. So some of us might be in a place today where like, I'm just having the hardest time hearing from God. And God's response might just simply be, well, everything that I've told you, everything that I've spoken, you don't do anything with it. And God's voice is absolutely precious. So again, my heart is God does speak and he is speaking to you. He has something to say to each of us. And here are a few things that I've learned uh, along the way of how God speaks. These are just personal to me, uh, but they're also things that I've just learned from scripture. Number one is this, God speaks every day. Every day. Not just like on Sunday, not just in some random day. Every day God is speaking. And for me, knowing this truth makes every day that much more exciting to live. Because you can wake up every single day and say, God, what do you have for me today? God, what is on tap for everything that I'm going to see, all the people I'll meet with and interact with and engage with? God, what do you have for me today? So I'm convinced, and I want you to be convinced, that God is speaking every single day. And what I love is God speaks in a variety of ways. I love this uh, past week, I uh, was one of the evening prayer meetings and someone came in and we spent the first, I don't know, 45 minutes just saying thank you to God for the things that we need to say thank you to uh, God for. And uh, they began praying and they said something along the lines of, God, thank you so much for how you spoke to me today through creation. Looking at the sunset and then the largeness of the moon, it just reminded me of how great you are. And as I was listening to that prayer, I'm like, God, you're amazing that someone can see a sunset, a sunrise, they can see a color in the sky, and they can be reminded that you are real, that you're powerful, that you are good, that you are absolutely amazing. So God can speak to us through the world that he created. God can speak to us through people. How many times has someone just been used by God in your life to encourage you, to bless you, to challenge you, to inspire you? And you walked away from that conversation and you're like, man, God just used them to totally just lift my spirit or to remind me of something that I had forgotten. So God can speak to us every single day in a variety of ways. And Jesus, when he's teaching his disciples about life with him and life as a follower of him, he's trying to remind them of this amazing truth. And he's telling his disciples, I speak. Every day I speak. He says this in John chapter 10. And he's giving this metaphor that he is the shepherd and they are the sheep. And he says in John 10, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you know the voice of Jesus. You know what the voice of Jesus, what it sounds like. And some of you, I get, you might be like, I, I don't, I, I totally don't. I don't know what the voice of Jesus sounds like. 
Well, just because you don't know what it sounds like doesn't mean that Jesus isn't speaking. It's a question of you learning his voice. The kids in the Genesis Kids area are doing this exercise this morning. I promise you, if you were to bring my kids into this room and they could just hear the, say, 75 dads that are in this room, I promise you they would recognize my voice. Why? Well, because I've been hanging out with them for 10 years, for eight years, and seven years. They know the voice of their father without question. If you're going to know the voice of Jesus in your life, it comes from spending time with Jesus. My dad, I know my father's voice. He's now almost 75 years old, and I know his voice. I was a swimmer, and uh, swimmers usually have their heads underwater for most of the competition. And so at swim meets, you don't hear necessarily, you hear people screaming, but you hear lots of people whistling. And do you know why they're whistling? I'll tell you why, since you want to know. Because when you just turn your head, you get like one ear out of the water for like a split second, and you can hear a whistle. And my dad's whistle was crazy. I could be, I was a sprinter, and in the one breath that I would take in two laps, I could hear my father's whistle. He knew exactly when I was going to turn my head to the side, and I knew that of all those other whistles, I knew which one was his. And you think that's crazy? Well, not if he's there every single competition I had. Not if I was familiar with his whistle above all others. And I'm just trying to tell you, God speaks every day. Jesus is speaking to us every single day. And the way that you and I grow familiar with knowing the voice of Jesus is walking with him, is being with him. It might take weeks, it might take months, it might take years, but you will know the voice of Jesus. The reason we have such a hard time hearing his voice is because there's so many other voices competing. There's so many other voices speaking. But as you grow in relationship with Jesus, you will know that's the voice of Jesus right there. And what's so amazing about the voice of Jesus is he leads. Well, why are you doing what you're doing? This is where Jesus has been leading me. Well, why are you saying what you're saying? This is what Jesus has told me he wants me to say. Well, how do you know that? Well, because I know the voice of my shepherd and he knows my name. And what I love about the voice of, of God is it doesn't change. Like God's not playing tricks on me. Like one day he's all British. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And then like the next day he's all Southern. He's not like playing a game with me. And no offense to British Southern people, but that's not how God's voice sounds to me. God's voice is consistent. Why? Because he wants me to know his voice, understand his voice, so that I might respond to his voice. So God speaks every single day. So my challenge, my encouragement for you simply would be this. Every day, wake up and ask this very simple question, Jesus, is there something you want me to know? Jesus, is there something you want me to do? Jesus, is there something that you want me to say? Every day. Every conversation before you're about to meet with them, Jesus, is there something that you want me to do or is there a way you want me to encourage or challenge this person? You might think this is an exaggeration, but every store I go into, Jesus, is there something you want me to do in this store? Is there a way that you want me to encourage maybe one of the workers that are here? At a gas station, at a Walmart, at a stop and shop, at a market basket, at a movie theater, Jesus, is there something that you want me to do? And sometimes it's crystal clear. Yeah, I want you to encourage this person right here. Go say a kind word to them. Thank them for what they're doing. I never get a word from Jesus like, yeah, go smack that person. 
Usually, it's consistent with God's character of go be hands and feet, go be compassionate, go be kind, go be gracious. Every day, you and I have the opportunity to hear Jesus speaking. Why? Because he speaks every day. Uh, The second thing that I've learned of God speaks and he wants you and I to hear his voice is God speaks through his word. Hebrews 4.12, you've heard me quote this a lot, for the word of God is living and active. In other words, every time I open my Bible, God uses his word to speak to me. Every time without fail. And some of you might be like, well, I opened my Bible recently to Leviticus and I didn't hear anything. Hearing God's voice means you actually just sit with the story. You sit with scripture for longer than five seconds and be like, I got nothing, I'm gone. God's word, it's living, it's active, it's powerful. So for me, I try to spend as much time as I possibly can in his word because I have full confidence that God will use his word to encourage me, to challenge me, to speak to me. This might be a verse that you're very familiar with, but it's Psalm 119, and it says this, your word is a lamp, okay? Catch the picture here. It's a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path, okay? What I love about this one verse of what it says about God's voice, God's word, is God's voice, or uh, when it says your word is a lamp to guide my feet, He didn't say it's like this big gazing star. He didn't say it's a huge spotlight. It's a lamp, meaning God speaks through his word for what I need for that day. Not always for tomorrow, but what I need for that day. For the path that he's called me to walk, I've got a lamp that will light the way for that day. And I'm not saying that God's word doesn't speak into future days, but what I am saying is the way that God uses his word is to light my day, to light the path that he's invited and called me to walk. So number two is God speaks to us through his word. Here's the challenge for you in this. As you open God's word and open it daily, it's really hard to hear what God's saying when you're just like once a week. Every single day, set aside time, make time, make it a priority say, I'm going to open the Bible every single day and ask this question, God, what do you have to say to me about you? And what do you have to say to me about me? And those two questions are transformational for me of, God, what do you have to say to me about you? Is there something in this text, this story, this passage, this situation where I can learn something more about you? Because the more I learn about you, the more I'll learn about myself and the more it will shape how I walk throughout my day. Two simple questions, God, what do you have to say to me about you and what do you have to say to me about me? I'm convinced if you open God's word, you will hear God speaking. Number three is this, God speaks in the ordinary moments of life. I used to think that uh, God, the only way that God would speak was like in these extraordinary moments of life. So I would go seeking for them. I'd go seeking for like the sign in the sky and like these big, big, moments. I'm like, I didn't see anything, so I didn't hear anything. I got nothing. Until I finally discovered, you know, God doesn't speak in the extraordinary moments. It's often in the ordinary moments of life where God is speaking to us. And I don't know about you, but I live in the ordinary. I live in the ordinary moments of every single day, which means in those ordinary moments, God is speaking. Uh, My wife's name is Kyla. And I was pretty convinced uh, God made very clear that this is the woman that I was to marry. I was like, all right, Lord, thank you. That's helpful. But then my big question was, Lord, I know who, but I just, I don't want to just, 
I've seen too many marriages fall apart, and I know myself, I don't want to mess anything up. So until I get a handwritten note in the sky from Jesus himself saying, this is not only the one to marry, but the time to marry her is now, I was like, I'm doing nothing. And so I just waited. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. I, that's what I actually said. I said, God, I'm not doing this until I get a, a handwritten note from you that this is exactly what you want me to do because I was scared to death of making a mistake. So I just, I wanted the sign to be as big as possible. And I remember telling my friend Justin, uh, he's like, dude, what are you doing? What's, what's going on? I was like, dude, I want a sign in the sky. That's what I want. It's not too much to ask. He made the sky. He can put a sign in it that I can see. It's not too difficult. And he was like, Michael, I got to play you this song. And uh, some of you might not remember this, but there was this really cool Christian artist back in the day called Stephen Curtis Chapman. Anyone? All right. I guess he's not so cool anymore. But um, back in the 80s and 90s, he was like the man. And uh, he's like, Michael, I got to play you this song. And the song was called Waiting for Lightning. And it said this in the song. Are you waiting for lightning, a sign that it's time for a change? Are you listening for thunder while he quietly whispers your name? By the, uh, by the sign and the word has already been given, and now it's by faith you must look and we must listen. It sounds much better when he sings it. Because when I heard that song and I read the lyrics, uh, Kyla had a ring on her finger 10 days later, and she was married four months later. I know that's not emotional to anyone else but me, but... <laughs> But I kept just waiting for this big sign. And God was like, Michael, stop looking for this magnificent sign because this whole time you're looking for something else, I'm whispering to you. I'm gently speaking to you, but you can't hear it because you're listening and wanting something else. And in that moment, I finally learned, well, you know, God doesn't, he can speak in the extraordinary but at least with me in my personal experience, God speaks to me in the ordinary moments of life. You look at a guy like Moses. People look at the burning bush and they're like, well, that's pretty amazing. I don't see any bushes on fire. That's an extraordinary moment. But do you know when that happened? He was working for his father-in-law, just doing a ho-hum job in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the desert, and no one was paying attention to him at all. Working for his father-in-law, tending his sheep just going about his everyday business, just going about doing his everyday job. And Moses, in the midst of ordinary, looks over and sees something really strange. And he says, wow, there's that bush, and it looks to be on fire, but it's not burning up. I'm going to go check it out. And in an ordinary moment, he goes over, and he sees this bush on fire, and then he hears a voice speaking to him. And the voice says, Moses, and he says, I'm here. Speak. If you're waiting for a burning bush, you might be missing it because God speaks to us in the ordinary moments of life. Elijah, another example of one who just, he wanted to hear God's voice. He was familiar with God's voice and he was waiting for God's voice. And I'll read this passage, it's 1 Kings chapter 19. It says, go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. So if you're waiting for strong winds and earthquakes and fire, I'm not saying they won't come, 
But what I am saying, it's a good chance you're missing the gentle whisper of God speaking to you. This, to me, has been incredibly helpful. Stop looking for God in the extraordinary and just listen to his gentle whisper every single day. I got a thank you card uh, recently that I wanted to read to you. And uh, it says this. Uh, This is uh, from a a family that uh, God had just put it on our hearts to uh, do the best we could. This is a family who had been a huge blessing to Genesis. And uh, like huge, huge blessing. And so God had laid it on my heart, let's have Genesis do something that hopefully would bless them in return. And I had been kind of hemming and hawing for whatever reason of God had given me a specific number that he wanted me to write a check on behalf of Genesis to just say thank you, to say we love you. Uh, But for whatever reason, I'd always forget my checkbook, or, or not my checkbook, the Genesis checkbook, and it just weeks and weeks went on. And then finally, God was like, get the checkbook, put it in a thank you note, and get it to the family. And uh, after I did that, this uh, thank you card came uh, three days later. And there was literally a specific number that God had laid on my heart. Not some extraordinary moment where I saw a bush that was on fire. God spoke. I pray, God, what do you want to give? That seems good. Okay. Dear Pastor Michael, thank you and the congregation of Genesis for your most generous gift to our family. You have no idea how profoundly it has impacted us all. Since my husband lost his job back in uh, earlier of the year, we have been playing catch-up with our finances. I was sitting with a friend uh, on the 27th. This is July 27th. I was sitting with a friend on July 27th, and I told her we are short 1100 uh, for July's mortgage, and we are short 1900 for August's mortgage. I don't want to lose our home, but where are we going to get uh, $3,000 before August 1st? I guess the Lord knew where, and I'm sure that uh, he was, uh, I'm sure he was, um, well, just goes on to say some other things. The number was 1100 and 1900 was the need of what the family was praying for. Obviously, I had no idea, but anyone want to take a gamble how much I gave? 3,000. Why? Because that's what God spoke. And if you think that's like a weird one-off story, I got more like that. Why? Because God speaks to us in the ordinary moments. I didn't see this like big crazy thing in the sky that said $3,000. God, what do you want? 3,000. Okay. Let's do that then as a church. Had no idea do you think when they got that check that they were encouraged that God, that God speaks, that God answers, that God laid that on someone else's heart to give the exact number for what they were asking? Yeah. And do you think that did anything for me to get that thank you card and be like, wow, I'm actually hearing from God. That's amazing. I share that story with you to tell you that God speaks to you every single day, and it's not in these crazy, extraordinary things that happen. It's in the ordinary moments of life. So here is my question for you. How is God speaking to you where you are today? Right now, what is God speaking to you? And if you haven't already started writing some stuff down on the note card, please start to do that now. What is God speaking to you where you are today? I don't want anyone to miss uh, God's voice in their life. 
And don't be distracted by, well, it didn't come in like the earthquake or this big, big thing. It's a good chance he's just gently whispering what he has for you. So number three is God speaks in the ordinary. I have two more. I'll do these very quick. God speaks in the context of community. Sadly, I've seen more people just lose, lose their way because they're like, I'm convinced that God's speaking to me and I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this and go do this. And then they get there and they're like, man, what happened? I thought I was hearing from God. And I'm not suggesting that God does not speak to an individual and give them a crystal clear plan. But what I've seen in my own life and what I've seen consistent in Scripture is God speaks to us in the context of community. The example here that I would give you, and you can look up this Scripture later, is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's where there's a young man named Samuel, and there's an older man, Eli. And Samuel begins to hear the voice of God, and he's like, what on earth is going on? And he thinks it's this guy, Eli, calling to him. And Eli's like, no, go back to bed. I'm not talking to you. And he hears, Samuel hears the voice of God again. And he's like, I don't know what this is. And he goes back to Eli. He's like, Eli, are you talking to me? And Eli's like, no, I'm not talking to you. And then the third time, Samuel hears God's voice speaking to him. And he goes back to Eli. And then finally, Eli's like, okay, well, maybe something else is going on here. Go back one more time. And if you hear that same voice, then this is going to be This is how God is speaking to you. Now, this is just one example of many examples that I could possibly give you in Scripture, but I can't tell you how many times where I've gone to my wife, I've gone to the elders of this church, I've gone to the leadership community of this church, and said, guys, this is what I think God is saying to me. Does that resonate? Does that make sense? Is that consistent? Are you hearing that? About two and a half months ago, I sat here on this stage and told the community, our leadership community, guys, this... This might sound crazy, but I feel like God is telling me that we're supposed to pray as a church. And we're not just supposed to talk about prayer, like we're really supposed to pray. And about 50 of the leaders that were here, like that just, that totally resonates. The elders, absolutely, let's do this. The deacons, absolutely. It wasn't like God just spoke one thing to one person. When God speaks, God is gracious to speak what he's speaking in the context of community. So my question for you on this one is this, who knows what God has been saying to you? Who knows? Because if you're just walking around like it's just me and God, I'm just going to do my own thing and do whatever God is telling me to do, but there's no one else in your life, it's a good chance that you'll get further and further off the track. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for the other godly men in my life who I can have a check and balance Guys, this is what I think is, is God's talking to me about. Michael, we just do not think that is all from the Lord. And all right, well, let's go back and pray about it. Let's go back and listen together. And then I'll come back and be like, wow, all right, it wasn't from the Lord. I don't know what I was hearing, but it wasn't from God. So I'm thankful that God speaks in the context of community. So who knows what God has been saying to you? The last one, number five, is this. God speaks what you need to hear. God speaks what you need to hear. And there are plenty of examples in Scripture that I could tell you of people who who wanted to hear one thing from God and did not hear that one thing from God and decided to go to the other way until God grabbed hold of them again. A classic example would be a guy named Jonah. God spoke and said, I want you to go to Nineveh. And Jonah's like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. So I'm going to hop on a boat and go as far away as I possibly can as to avoid the voice of God speaking to me. And what I would want you to know 
is God speaks what you need to hear. And what I need to hear is often not what I want to hear. And this is where the conflict comes. Am I just going to say, God, I want to hear from you as long as it's consistent with what I want to hear? And God, if it's not consistent, then I'm shutting down. I'm going to keep doing my own thing. And if that's you, well, guess what? The voice of God in your life will get more distant and more distant and more distant. But I will encourage you with this. God will speak what you need to hear. And so what maybe you're even hearing today, well, guess what? That's exactly what you need to hear for you. You ever sit in church before? And I'm sure this hasn't happened, but ever sit in church before and you're like, man, I just wish my wife could hear this message right now. She totally needs to hear this. Or I wish my husband would be like listening, or I wish he was here today because he needs to hear this, or my friend needs to hear this, or my neighbor needs to hear this. Now, I'm not saying that we can't have a heart for our wives or our wife, one wife, one husband, <laughs> multiple neighbors, but what I am saying is we're often more concerned about what God, we want God to be saying to someone else than what God is actually saying to us. And a great example of this would actually be in the Gospel of John, where uh, John chapter 21, Peter asked Jesus, well, what about him, Lord? And Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, Peter, just follow me. Peter was just so concerned. Well, what are are you going to do with this guy? What are you saying to them? And Jesus' response, what is that to you? Don't you know that I can speak to them exactly what they need to hear, when they need to hear it? And I love Jesus, gentle and gracious but firm. Peter, do not worry about them. Pay attention to what I am saying to you. Because if you miss what I'm saying to you, you will have a very difficult time listening uh, or hearing God and going in the direction that God wants you to go. Again, my heart for you this morning was simply this. God speaks and he wants you to hear from him. These were five ways that I have learned and I'm growing and learning the voice of God in my life that he speaks every day, that he speaks through his word, that he speaks in the ordinary moments of life, that he speaks in community, and he speaks exactly what I need to hear. Now, some might be here this morning, you're like, Michael, this is all good and well, but I'm really, I'm really in a place right now where I want to hear God's voice and I'm just not hearing anything. And I can't point to like any obvious sin in my life where I killed someone and didn't fess up or been cheating on someone. And I'm genuinely seeking God. I'm doing the best I can to spend time in his word, to spend time in community. But Michael, I don't hear anything. So if that's you, then what do you do? And here would be my encouragement to you with that. If this is you, God may not be speaking now, but he has spoken before, so be doing what he's already revealed. I know it's hard, and I know it's frustrating because I've been there before. I'm like, God, I just, where are you in the midst of all of this? Why can't I hear your voice? And I just, I got silence. And I don't know when I first came across this verse, but it was years ago, and it's in Job chapter 23. And Job, a man who was just desperate to hear the voice of God in his life because his suffering was so great, he said this, I go east, but he's not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. I do not see him in the north where he's hidden. I look to the south, but he's concealed. He knows where I am. And when he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. 
I don't know where God is. I can't hear what God has to say, but I have confidence in this. My God knows me and he knows where I am. And when I come out of this, I will come out as gold. God may not be speaking now, but he has spoken before, so be doing what he has already revealed. I mean, in this season of silence, in this season where it feels like a desert, let your character be refined by what God has already revealed to you. So that whenever you come out of a season where it just feels dry, where it feels desert, you will come forth not bitter and angry, you will come forth as gold where your character has been tested. Second thing I'd say is, if that's you and you're just struggling to hear the voice of God and you can't point to anything obvious, I'd say number two, and stop with this, volume and clarity of God's voice requires we clear out all the clutter. And that is my way of just saying, uh, listening to God's voice means we've got to get rid of some of the distractions we have. We've got to get rid of some of the noise that we have. We've got to turn the TV off, shut the phone down, and get into a place where we can, we can sit, and we can stay, and we can just listen. This is uh, just a, a verse from Isaiah. The people of God had just been um, refined by God meaning God's justice was upon them. They were being disciplined for disobedience. And so this is what Isaiah says, the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and his compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go whether to the right or to the left. Then you will destroy all your silver idols and precious gold and images. You will throw them out like filthy rags, saying to them, good riddance. I read that passage because I I wanted to finish with the question, is there anything in your life that you just need to say good riddance to? Because the teacher is speaking. The voice of God behind us saying, this is the way I want you to go walk in it. But if we have things in our life that we have yet to say good riddance to, it's going to be really, really hard to hear what God, what the teacher would have to say. Again, verse 18, so the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love and his compassion. I know that sitting in silence is... uh, it's not easy. It's hard. It's challenging for a variety of reasons. But I really wanted you to catch this morning that if we do, you will hear the voice of God speaking to you. And I wanted to finish this morning before we continue on just in worship through song and celebrate communion. It's not going to be long, but I just want you to take a few minutes just to be quiet where you sit. And if you haven't written anything down on your note card yet, uh, I'm going to be praying that God would be speaking so clearly to you that his voice would be louder than any other voice in your life, any voice of doubt or confusion or hurt or frustration, because I believe God wants to speak to you. So Father God, please, please speak. God, I trust that you have already been speaking. But God, if there's just one person that's here this morning that's struggling, 
just to connect the dots, to hear your voice. God, in this moment of quiet and silence and stillness, God, might you speak to us.